So cold plunging in the morning or whenever you cold plunge, but especially if in the morning has a profound effect on raising levels of all three of those neurotransmitters throughout the entire day. So we're talking elevated mm. mood, elevated happiness, elevated focus, basically everything that you want as a human being, everything as a human being that makes you either succeed in what you're doing and enjoy what you're doing more while you're doing it. Welcome, everyone, to Against the Herd, where we explore unconventional approaches that lead to unconventional growth. And today, Mr. Bostead, I think this is one that, I, that we are very much, very much passionate about very and, have, and have felt the, have felt the, the benefits of whether indirectly, directly, there's so much to unpack here. Uh, please uh, start, us, start us off with exactly what it is we're talking about today. Today we are talking about uh, cold plunges, cold therapy, uh, could be described in a number of different ways, basically making yourself uncomfortably cold for benefit, multiple different benefits that derive from it. And I want to also start off with that this is a Cabernet. It's a Miomi. Uh, it is one of the finest twist offs that you will ever find. <laughs> Beautiful. You had me worried there for a second. Um, yeah, so this is, well, let's start off with how you got into cold plunges. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think, should we, like fitness journey wise, you and I are both very active people who uh, you know, have been in entrenched fitness routines for some time. I want to set that as like a baseline just so people understand. Like not, neither of us are professional athletes or come from a professional athlete background. We're both recreationally into fitness um, and and fairly into it in the nutritional you know aspect of it. Um, I was a neuroscience major, so I'm into the neuroscience and neurochemistry of it. Um, or at least I like to always look at it from that angle as well. And generally, you and I are both people who are you know, interested in, in bettering ourselves and things we can do. Um, and this to me is a very clear biohack as they are now called, you know, a way you can hack your biology. And I was first introduced to it just to answer your question. Um, again, not to make myself seem unrelatable because I do believe this is something that is becoming more accessible and can be easily accessible in, in your, like your scenario, which you will talk about. But I became introduced to cold plunges because my building has two of them. Um, I moved somewhere and uh, my building has a couple of them and I was trying to remember if it was the chicken or the egg first. I think I, I went in them. So I, I have um, like a, a gym in my place with a sauna, steam room, cold plunge and the cold plunge is a circulating water cold plunge. So pretty fucking cold, 42 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, went in it a couple of times and was like, holy shit. You know, that felt great afterwards to go back and forth between that and the sauna. Um, but the Huberman podcast, one of the podcasts that inspired us to make this one is where I really started to get into the science of it and challenge myself to go longer and longer in it uh, because I realized there was immense benefit. Yes. And so I think that's a good, that's a good segue. And give us, give us your background. Give us your background on how you, how you got into it. Yeah, or so was it just I, me not shutting up about it? But 
So I've I've always been I've always been since I, I think eighth grade I've always been enamored by a really healthy fit body. Uh, you know, having having a massive chest, having although my legs will not grow to save the save their life, but like having really nice calves and just being detailed. I never really cared about actually how athletic I was. I cared about the look. And so that's that's you cared about not how much you could actually lift, but how much it looked like you could lift, right? Yeah, I think I those are about those are kind of the up. two camps of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and now as I get a little bit older, I. I think I, I think less of that with, you know, with jujitsu and, and other martial arts where it's, you know, I want to be able to, I want to be able to defend myself, but all growing up, all I cared about was summer at the pool being on the East coast. Like this is your time to shine. You, you better fucking look good. So how I was introduced to cold baths was very early on with football and we had to just jump into ice baths but at that point you you hated it like you never wanted to get in there you liked the idea of it when it was blistering hot but then once you got in there you just couldn't wait to get out and you didn't really care nor do you really care a lot when you're in high school but i think where i started to when i started to really get into it was honestly if i'm being completely honest was this past year and I was listening to the Rhonda Patrick. I was listening to Rhonda Patrick on Joe Rogan. And she talked about the, the benefits of cold exposure. And that started making me think. And I just started asking myself, look, I don't, being fiscally conscious all the time, I'm not going to keep going out and buying three bags of ice every day and filling up my, my bathtub. That's not practical. And so I decided to do some more research and how I can you know, create a plunge or get a plunge instead of me looking at $2,000, $3,000 or paying a thousand dollars for a barrel. I decided to look into how people are converting ice chests. And so I developed this entire apparatus. Uh, I lined it with, you know, pool liner. Uh, I covered up the, the, the creases in there. I put an ozone generator, I drilled a hole so I could have an ozone generator going through. And now I have something that's rinse and repeatable that I absolutely love. And, and total, total cost. Give us a, give us a total cost roughly. I'll give you a total cost of what I, how much it costs me, but I want to preface this with, I could have done it significantly cheaper. I, it was roughly about $1,600 in total with everything and that's the gfci breaker that's with a filter that's about 80 bucks as an ozone generator that's about 130. uh the cold plunge was i can't remember if it was like 850 or if it was 950 i think with taxes or somewhere like around a thousand if i remember correctly uh, and then there are a couple other other pieces in there in there too but yeah, it, and and maybe we can link that. Maybe we can link that somewhere. We can give a build sheet, or we can go more into it at some point. But I do think that's really important because I view the way you cold plunge is the way that most people could or would have access to. If I moved out of this place, I would immediately do exactly what you just did. Um, I don't think that many people know about it, and especially for the benefit provided, it's uh, in both of our minds a, a damn bargain in the long run. Oh, it's. I can't say enough good things about it. I can't. I mean, it's now my my wife now 
does it as well. So just even for a, a couples, right? Mm-hmm. Couples who are trying to figure things out and we have the stresses of each, each other's day. Yep. Talk about something that we can come, something that when we, when we jump in there, we're always better as a result of coming out. Exactly. And one thing that's often proposed as a step your foot in, if you don't have your own cold plunge is cold showers. And I do, don't get me wrong. I like cold showers. They build some resilience and such, but um, we'll get it more into our specific protocols later. But I think there's still a night and day difference between a cold shower and a, a actual bona fide cold plunge in terms of the benefit derived. 100%. But the one thing that I do want to call out that your, your plunge has that mine doesn't is moving of water. <laughs> it's the same temperature, but when you have that water circulating and moving, Dude, there is that is just like a complete game changer because what happens is your body gets stuck. So if you sit in my plunge right now and you have your elbows to your sides and you're just sitting there, your body will adjust the fact of where it's getting some warmth, i.e., you know, between my from my armpit and just that circumference there to it just it's stuck there and your body adapts to that when you have constant water that's circulating that's moving your body doesn't get the opportunity to just sit there and relax it's constantly getting hit so i want to call that out that how you're doing it we could have the same temperature but yours is significantly more difficult in my opinion well and i also do full submersion as well i can i have the ability to go you know head under which that's a whole nother fucking dimension which uh which is wild um your scalp is not used to cold i'll tell you that much but <laughs> takes takes some time yeah no it's uh yeah i keep my toes out and i've done that one time and man it's funny just even trying to like catch your breath in order to just put your head yeah, be able to. yeah oh, it's crazy man. well and just to give i mean yours what temperature is yours roughly i think you told me low 40s or such so it's I, i've now so i now have it up to right around 50 degrees i did get as low as 40 and i was doing 10 minutes every single day uh, now it's not every single day i'd say out of the week uh, it's four to five times and it's right at right at 50 degrees Got it. Understood. Um, and just to give people the, again, the difference time-wise, if you have access to a circulating, which I do feel more people have, I've seen a couple of gyms with them here, but um, circulating, I, like my normal is three minutes between three and four minutes. At the end of four minutes, I'm shaking and shivering. Um, and my max is seven minutes. Um, so just to give like a, a difference in, in terms of protocol, if you have access to, you know, one or the other. Yeah. And you know, I guess what would you, what would you say if you know for the novice, the novice that has this access, uh, that can either make one or hell, if they they even just want to get a you know ice, I, I would I would probably recommend if, I guess I wouldn't recommend one way or the other. It's just about what you have available to you. Get started in whatever you have, you know, easy access to. You live in, um, you know, Wisconsin where you have a shit ton of lakes, good start in, in a lake, you know, which is technically kind of both circulating and, and still, but Dude, um, I guess mostly a, still. That's boss moves right there. Yeah, you have Absolutely. to do a lake. That's Wim Hof right there. 
That's when people do that, though. I actually recently, in preparation for this podcast, I joined a cold plunge group on Facebook where people are all into their different ways of doing it and what different things they use. And people use a vast variety of shit. And one of the motherfuckers on there was like, I jump in the river behind my house. <laughs> like that was, that was one person's routine was I jump in the fucking river behind my house. Is our, so is that group, is it a Facebook group or is it a meetup? Yeah, it's, or... it's a private group. I'll share it. It's a private group. You, like to get in, you have to write like why you're interested in cold plunging and like the benefit you want from it. <laughs> Dude, I think I'm in the same group and I love it. And that, <laughs> that is the guy. That is the guy. Uh, is it Jim Rick? No, not Yeah, Jim. who teaches you how to make them. It's the guy with curly hair who teaches you how to make them. He lives here. He lives in Buda. He lives like 10, oh, 10 he does? minutes away from, yeah, yeah. He's oh, in damn. Texas. That guy, and he's super responsive. We definitely Yo, he need should be on the podcast. Why don't we have? We should have him on the podcast. That phen- phenomenal idea, and we need to. And I think he he's so responsive on there. I don't know if you've. When I was building, my no, I car, saw he responds to like everybody. It's nuts. He is he is so legit, and that's why that's another reason why it was a bit more expensive on my side. But a lot of the links that he would send, or that. It, you know, it helps, it helps him out in his program. And so that was another reason where, dude, that, that guy's doing God's work, helping people transform something that otherwise you just never would think that a cold or that a a chest freezer could be a cold plunge. Yep. And drastically alter your, you know, your daily habits or whatnot. Um, So Let's should we go into the science of it or more the practical application, like the protocols of like how and when we we use it? What what should we hit first? Um I I like the I like the science debrief. That part to me um, is in what it like what's going on in your body and and also the effects of that. I, I think it can't be overstated. For sure. Um, I'm gonna let you, you can cover more if you want, like overall body, um, specific to the brain though. Um, there are it doing the cold plunge is one of the most like profound impacts you can have on your neurochemistry, um, versus doing, you know, in, in my, this is more my opinion, not based strictly in, in peer reviewed research, but like caffeine or, um, you know, a lot of the things you can do during the day to stimulate yourself or, or whatnot, I, I view these as some of the most profound impact I've had on my feelings, the way I feel throughout the day. Um, cold plunges impact three different types of neurotransmitter. Um, it's norepinephrine, which is adrenaline, sorry, epinephrine, which is adrenaline, norep- norepinephrine, which is noradrenaline, and dopamine. Um, dopamine is the happy neurotransmitter that most are familiar with. Um, adrenaline and noradrenaline are both the you know involved in your fight fight or flight response and are responsible for you know feelings of alertness, um, kind of on point that type of feeling. So cold plunging in the morning or whenever you cold plunge, but especially if in the morning, has a profound effect on raising levels of all three of those neurotransmitters throughout the entire day. So we're talking elevated mood, mm. elevated happiness, elevated focus, basically everything that you want as a human being, everything as a human being that makes you either succeed in what you're doing and enjoy what you're doing more while you're doing it. Um, it does this by you know putting your body in this intense, you know, intense, like, 
it's your body's producing these neurotransmitters because it feels like it needs those to survive because you're putting it in this in this ridiculous state of stress uh, very early on in the morning. Um, and then on top of the neurotransmitter side, there is the um, there is the psychology side or the applied neuroscience where we're talking about like the grit, right? The grit and the psychology behind doing this thing, which is incredibly difficult and goes against all of your baseline survival instincts to get in this pool of water that could kill you, um, which is what I think is it's magic. What else do you do during a day that has the ability to kill you if you just stay there for an extra 20 minutes? Jiu-jitsu. Fucking nothing. Well, okay, fair, <laughs> but fair, but, but fair. No, but that's a great point. Fair, but also jujitsu re releases a lot of these same things. It releases a lot of that primal shit, which again we'll we'll delve deep into, and you certainly know more about than me. Uh, but that's a similar thing for me. Also, it's paddleboarding, right? I also love paddleboarding as part of my daily routine, and I'll paddleboard out, you know, farther than I can swim back with no life vest, and I'll tell you, it wakes me the fuck up. So, qu question there because. I'm sure in, in your research, what I found as well, both personally as well as just digging around, is that cold plunges also help you sleep like a fucking baby. Mm -hmm. So why do you think it is in the morning that you're able to get more out of it versus doing it later in the evening? And how is that also preventing you from... Yeah, you know, also, you know, dragging ass maybe when the, the dopamine rush sort of just tapers down. Sure. So what I found in my personal life is um, at times I have not been uh, able to plunge in the morning and I, I can do it at night. And I, as long as for me, if I'm getting three or four minutes a day, I feel sustained effect basically 24 hours. Um, so I can do it at night. I will cite though, um, Andrew Huberman's podcast with I forget the guest, but we will have to link him because he was also extremely insightful into how to apply the cold protocols to your life. Um, that when you sleep, your your core body temperature actually raises a bit, and cold plunging at night uh, is can disrupt your sleep. Um, I'm not extremely clear on the specific science behind that, but I do know that that was a thing um, to consider when you know cold plunging at night. Um, in the morning. I, I've actually just started that protocol myself for about the last week where wake up 6am, get in the fucking cold plunge. That is the first thing I do every day. And the level of discipline and self-regulation I have, I'm also in a cut right now, trying to lose some, some weight, mostly body fat or as much body fat as possible. Um, and the discipline that I have had, I legitimately I don't want to say feel like a different person, but I can't overstate enough um, the amount of difference I have felt by starting my days like that. One other note, citing that same podcast with Andrew Huberman, um, if you are weight training for hypertrophy or for strength gain, so for muscle growth or for strength gain, it is highly advised to not cold plunge um, roughly 90 minutes after you complete said resistance training. So... What I have made my protocol, what I did this morning, six, and because I, I pretty much have to lift in the morning. I can work very late. It can be kind of unpredictable. Um, my gym closes at 10. I don't love, you know, have, have the same drive at night. So I have been plunge at 6 a.m., 
um, you know, to six fifteen to a couple couple rounds if possible, or just one. Let's be real. That's what I've been doing. It's just one round of you know four minutes steam room to warm back up, and then warm myself up even more. Get my heart rate up to one forty one fifty. Go put my gym clothes on, work out, then come back and sauna after the workout. And I have found profound effect throughout the whole day, more so than when I was just lifting weights and doing a quick cold plunge, lifting weights, doing a, a long cold plunge, lifting weights and cold plunging at night. Yeah, the contrast, that, that contrast effect is, uh, I haven't, I personally haven't had the opportunity to truly experience that because one, sauna is not, I, I think one of these days I'm just going to say fuck it and build a, build a sauna. But I can definitely imagine, and I can see the value of having a cold plunge earlier in the day, and I can definitely see the value of having that contrast early in the morning. Um, what do you? By the way, con contrast therapy, uh, topic for another cold plunge. That's switching between hot and cold. Um, also, something I am very passionate about. Yeah, I think that's also important too to to make sure that just because we know that making our viewers know that as well. So that's a good call. True. What I will you... say there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefit to naturally warming. Sorry, not to cut you off, but um, I often don't because again, it's easy for me, but there is also a lot of benefit. You burn a ton of calories by your body, warming yourself up. Most people don't know this. A calorie is a unit of heat. It's a scientific unit of heat. Um, and so, you know, that is, that is like the, the purest form of of burning literally burning calories is heating yourself back up you use an insane amount of energy um you know because your body is mostly water water is one of the takes the most energy of almost any other liquid to heat up so when you cool your whatever percentage water 70 plus percent water body down and then have to warm it back up that takes an immense amount of energy aka calories it's a great segue into what I'm what I'm thinking and what I've heard. I think it could be really important for us to debunk this if it's not true. Mm -hmm. What have you been able to research on uh, through cold plunge? What have you been able to research on actually cutting weight and using that as a mechanism of burning burning fat burning calories it is widely and scientifically supported that it increases your metabolism um, i am not aware of the research nor have i seen it as to how much um, however for a scientific study to state that it boosts your metabolism it has to be by a you know scientifically significant amount right so if your basal metabolic rate the amount of calories you burn just you know living your daily life is 2000 calories, it has to be more than like 2050 calories for them for a study to be able to say that it, you know, raises your um, raises your metabolism. So this is one of those things where you're in a podcast, and you're really kicking yourself for not doing research on this specific topic. That is one of the reasons why blindly, I decided to build one. And that is mm -hmm. The difference between brown fat and white fat. Um, yes, a very good point to bring up. So, and keep me honest with this, but as you, when you look at babies, right, they have a lot of brown fat. That's why the the chunkiest ones are 
they're the they're the cutest, but that doesn't last, right? They grow into their body, they lose that fat. Now, as you become an adult, what people don't realize is that fat cells they don't really burn off; they shrink. They don't necessarily just once you have those fat cells, uh, you know, for the wild, wide majority, you are going to have those those fat cells, and to truly get them off takes a ton of work, ton of discipline over a long period of time. For the most part, they're just shrinking. Where cold cold therapy, as I blindly understood this, is that through cold therapy, you are able to have that transfer where that white fat can become brown fat. And therefore, when you're actively working out, you're now able to actually burn that and get rid of that fat. Keep me honest, poke holes in that. No, 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 you're, you're right, actually. Poke holes in what I said before. Um, so that's actually right. I have up in my, uh, on another tab, Andrew Huber, Huberman's breakdown from his newsletter of the science and use of cold exposure for health and performance. Um, so he states in this, which he lists all of his peer-reviewed science as sources, um, in the short term, cold exposure increases metabolism. However, the calories burned from cold exposure are not that significant. So they're significant, meaning they are scientifically significant, but not that significant. What it does is allow the conversion of white fat into beige or brown fat. White fat is just used for energy storage, whereas brown fat and beige fat is used for you know actual energy metabolism and, and converting of energy uh, to heat. And this is actually something interesting in, I, I know this, that, that the, like the, in the, your back, like the top of your spine is where they have found the highest percentage of brown fat in people. And I feel tingling there when I go in the cold plunger, specifically when I come out of the cold plunger, I feel a tingling right there. Is that just me thinking about it and, and, you know, thinking that that's where the brown fat is, maybe. Uh, but that is a hugely important part of cold plunging. That's so weird. Yeah, I haven't noticed it. But now I feel like that's all I'm going to, like, that's where I'm going to put my mind in every time I do Now that it's in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Are we full of shit or are we just, you know, believing it? Who knows? But um, no, that, that conversion, again, something that we, you know, could be done another topic on and, and not saying that I am a, a world expert in, but um you know, that conversion to brown fat is, is supposedly hugely beneficial to your overall health. Yes. And so a couple other things that I have been able to, and I need to cite these, these actually, but so I have here one study found that immersion in cold water, 57 degrees to be exact, raise people's blood levels of the neurotransmitters, noradrenaline by 530% and yep. dopamine by 250%. What other, like, I don't even know if there are drugs that are able to do this. Like when you think about when, I'm, I'm sure there, there are. There are, I was gonna say there are. But when you- Cocaine, of, baby. <laughs> God, God willing, baby. <laughs> Um, when, when you think of something just completely natural people, something that is, I mean, able to change your mood drastically right. and change how you go about your day, completely change your, your, your frame of mind. 
there's I can't think of anything else that that I would rather do. It sucks jumping in, of course, but I can't think of anything else that I would rather do to get this type of effect and actually feel feel good and not feel like a piece of shit afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I uh, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm trying to see something. I want to know the amount of dopamine that increases after sex. Because that's another natural process that is incredibly involved in dopamine. And I'm curious if it is greater, less than, or equal to the amount of uh, the amount of dopamine released by a cold plunge. That, well, that as, you're, as you're looking up that, another – so this is another uh, – Another not stat, but um, again, I need to I need to really cite these. The increase in adrenaline from being in cold water can create a feeling of euphoria. We know this. This is caused by the release of endorphins, a hormone that makes us feel good and can even relieve pain. Now, this ties into exactly what you're looking up. As a result of cold water swimming or a cold bath, it can improve not only your overall mood your confidence, but also your libido. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. now I will say it's not immediate fellas because it's Mm -hmm. tough to get in the mood when your nuts are in your stomach. Mm -hmm. But, But I can say that you let your body warm up and your mood's elevated. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, yeah, so, I, I no, that's, feel that. That's fantastic. So I've, I found a source for this. Um, tell me again, what's the percentage increase in uh, in dopamine from cold plunge? You said it a second ago. 250%. 250%. All right, just to contextualize that for people. Um, alcohol, getting drunk. Getting drunk is a 100% increase. Um, similar with nicotine. So similar with, yes, yeah, similar with nicotine. Um, cocaine is about is about that two and a half times. So it is, it like, it's a little bit less. Cocaine is, is more like three X, but it's, it's less than that, um, but not quite. However, meth is 11 X. So we got shit on meth, meth, meth addicts. Damn it, damn it. If I could find a boo, boo on here. <laughs> but, but you know, here's, here's the best part of it though. Sex is, is the same. Sex is sex is a, a doubling. So sex is a two hundred percent increase. It is the same as or three X, but sex is the same. What about masturbation? I think that counts as sex, Bruce. <laughs> well, I mean there's there's something else to be said about like having a you know, a partner that you're really attracted about versus just uh, I mean, I guess yes, you're, but also an orgasm. Orgasm is an orgasm. This is like dopamine released by orgasm. I mean, I'm sure there's other neurotransmitters, maybe more adrenaline and, and such released. But um, again, a topic I don't know enough about to say, you know, one way or the other with certainty. But seems to me like, <laughs> yeah, I get because I, I just think of the mix of like there's effort involved. There's there's probably a, a bit of longevity in there. And I wonder if that has something to, if, if that's what, you know, if you just masturbated, if that was, if that's less, 
I don't know. But all that to say is my point. What, what if you masturbate in a cold plunge? I mean, does that you just transcend at that point? You levitate that, out of it? <laughs> that's a god. That's what you call a god living and breathing among us. <laughs> but that's all right. So, you know, fellas, especially. Now, here's something that you can actually control because you really can't control when you get laid. <laughs> Oh man, that is that's, that's good stat. Do you want better sex than with a woman? Do it by yourself in a cold bathtub. I promise. <laughs> You'll never need sex again. You'll never need oh, to get laid again. God, God, yeah. We're just gonna make a bunch of. We're gonna breed a bunch of incels. <laughs> oh man. No incels would appreciate us for this. Incels are people who are involuntarily celibate. This is. This is all they got. This is this is just heightening their existence. Oh man, I bet that could be a podcast of its own. Oh, I'm sure. Ooh. I don't know if it really ties into self development, but like to like to understand how they got to that point. <laughs> True. Um, I was gonna say that and self betterment. Typically, I don't associate, but teach so their own. you know, you know, it's interesting. I so we don't have to spend too much time on this, but. You had to guess when cold therapy was initially started or like when this when they found this discovery. What would you what would you guess? I mean, it could be ancient. I mean, ancient times. I, I like nothing would surprise me. I, I know it's been used in sports, right? You just mentioned ice, bath, ice baths in high school. Um, so I know it's been used in athletics for quite some time. Um, but I have no idea. Like I have zero idea. So they they suspect somewhere between thirty five hundred to five thousand BC, somewhere in there. So the Greeks records show that Plato and Hippocrates uh, conducted a wide array of studies into this practice using cold water, uh, as well as hot water, and just to get an understanding of the body. Then, of course, the Romans. When they came in, they frequently used this for the gladiators or those after battle or competition. And they even saw this to soothe their muscles and relieve inflammation, pain from from wounds, etc. And then the British, during the, Brit- the British Empire, so there's like a huge, like we're talking about from, you know, 476 AD to, you know, the 18th century, the British Empire of like this huge gap but in the 18th century ice baths and cold plunge were now fairly common at this time for fatigue muscle spasms various health conditions and it was also at this time with new medical breakthroughs this was roughly around the time where cold therapy then turned into like mud packs ice packs and methods for applying cold to the body and just it just makes me it makes me wonder where it's you and I, we luckily we have podcasts and we're able to, you know, we're in the know. But I don't know, like besides besides football practice, it blows my mind that this isn't talked about and this wasn't a main focus for the average person. I know. I feel like it's getting there though. Another person we'd have to mention in a in a ice bath podcast is Wim Hof. Um, somebody else who's been gaining a lot of popularity. I thoroughly enjoyed and highly recommend his uh, a book, Becoming the Iceman. And I forget the name of the author, but he basically studied with Wim for years 
and went through his whole process and just fascinating what that man, you know, he's in his sixties, um, late sixties, I believe. And, and looks like he's got the body of a 30 year old. He's been, uh, he's been doing this for quite some time. The craziest thing about him, they took, so he, this is a dude, if people aren't familiar who hikes up mountains with in like, you know, short shorts. Um, and you has a certain breathing method and such to help keep warm. It's basically forced hyperventilation. And, and, um, you know, as I said, has been doing this for quite some time. The most, one of the most interesting things about him in my perspective is that, again, we talked about what happens neurologically with cold plunges, but on the resilience side and what it does to your entire body and immune system, they injected Wim Hof and uh, like a few of his followers, like four of his followers with a strain of E. coli that was not E. coli itself, but like a very bad strain of E. coli um, that like one in a thousand people are resistant to. And every single one of them did not get infected with it. And the chances wow. that, you know, all of them were naturally immune were, were basically nonsensical. Um, so that shows that something that he is doing something about that frequent extreme cold exposure has just completely transformed his body. Yes, because he's also, his thought is you want to avoid a cold, get in the cold. And it's, yeah, we were, we were told for forever, make sure you put a jacket on. You're, you're going, you're going to catch a cold. You're going to get sick. And it just makes you question, it just, it makes you question so many things that have been bred in our, just yep. bred in our knowledge of what is, what is right and what is wrong. Uh, I, now it's, it makes me second guess everything. It's why, it's why I, I love doing this podcast because it's like, no, no, we, you've been told this all of your life, but no, no, that's, that's not right. I know. Well, it's fucking crazy. Think about this. Uh, I mean, this is a very interesting thought, but cold plungers are obviously great. Think about people who live like where I'm from. I'm Chicago, born and bred. If I go run around my block in shorts, I'm, that's the same fucking effect when it's 10 degrees out in the winter, right? Now, you get into some – it gets so cold there that you do get into some very real, like, skin problems. If you stay stay out, you will you will frost the, the fuck out of your skin. But still, when I'm home this, uh, you know, this coming uh, break for Christmas, I plan on – I plan on exploring that. Good God on you. A good on you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, also, one one hot tip I want to give people before I forget. Um, Joe Rogan podcast, Rick Rubin. Ex- highly recommend that specific episode. You listen to it? Yep. Yeah. Sure did. Um, Super interesting guy. No matter if you have any interest in, in music or the creative space at all, I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, but I stole his breathing method that he uses in cold plunges. And it, for me, was a game changer. I had kind of not been doing cold plunges as much for a bit or kind of bitching out around the minute mark. Um, he breathes in through his nose and out through his hand, like his hand over his mouth and focuses on the warmth of his breath on his hand. Your hands and feet, by the way, are the two places in your body where you can like absorb or, or transmit heat and cold the fastest of anywhere else in your body. Um, 
Huberman actually talks about a protocol where like weightlifters would just hold two ice packs and put their feet on two ice packs. That is actually the quickest way to get your body temperature down. Like not that much different than being immersed cold body. And I've actually tried that before and it fucking works. Um, but anyway, Rick Rubin uses that to help him. He stayed in cold plungers for like 40, 40, 50, 60 minutes. I was going to say, yeah. Ridiculous shit. And that was the method he used. And that's the method I use. So I think that's a good segue into, you know, we, we talked a bit about the, the protocols to, to be successful, but I, I guess if we're to recap, you know, what protocols uh, have you found to be successful? So Huberman specifically states um, 11 minutes a week. That's what he states. He's done a lot more research than I on this. Um, 11 minutes of being in water, this I do fully agree with. Water so cold that you want to get out, but it's not unsafe to. And again, unsafe means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But you know, you shouldn't be shaking with cold in forty seconds. That that means you're you're probably overdoing it. Um, right when you get to that shiver point, I think is you know when you get out and you shiver just a little bit. In my mind, that's that's you know good, not uncontrollable shivering. I kind of use that as a, a barometer for myself. Huber, Huberman says 11 minutes per week cumulative. Um, I think that is a bit light. I go again, for me, that three to four minute mark is where I start to see a lot of difference. I do see difference at one to two minutes per day. So that, you know, do, do what you can, right? Do what you can. But um, in my opinion, building it in as part of a, a daily routine, um, three to four minutes a day, again, for me, seven days a week, six days a week, as 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 regular as you can make it, the um, the better. Yep. So I find that I find that now at at fifty degrees, I can tell a complete difference from five minutes to ten minutes. Whereas if I'm able to do ten minutes and fifty degrees, I'm I, my mood. I, I feel a drastic change in my mood in such a good way. Where the five minutes, I think probably some of this is also my body acclim being acclimated to it. But at five minutes, it's it's like par for the course. Like I still feel good. I still feel the benefits. I still yep. feel accomplished. But I'm I'm not I'm not getting that juice. And so all that's also to say that when and this is a good segue too of like recommend recommendations on starting for the the novice is. Research research that I found is anything under about fifty nine degrees, you're you're going to be able to get benefits, and start at put a time on there. I wouldn't say do ten minutes if it's your first time. Ten minutes right out of the gate, start with two minutes or start even with one minute, just getting in there, and then you're gradually going to build up to that, like with anything. And then start just really paying attention and acclimating and understanding how you're acclimating to it. If you're getting out after 10 minutes, at one point in time at about 40, it was like 42 degrees, even 10 minutes at 42 degrees, I I was starting to notice, I don't know, I was at a really good pace. So some, there's something to be said about uh, being consistent and having a very consistent, great mood. There's also something to be said too of all right maybe I maybe I need to push that push that up a notch, um, so that I, you know I don't know if you have any any additional recommendations in terms well, of starting. Degree, increase it slowly until you until you see the benefit. Um, is one thought. Second thought is uh, remember as I said before 
water is the one of the liquids of all liquids on this fucking planet it takes the most energy to change the temperature of either heat up or cool down your body is 70 plus percent water which means if you go in for 30 seconds you're you're not actually decreasing your core temperature that much which is where and why a lot of this magic happens again the specific mechanisms of have been you know detailed elsewhere um, but one thing to keep very you know clear in your mind is that you know, going in for 30 seconds, you're you decreasing the temperature of your skin greatly, but think about your intern, your organs, your, you know, your true core temperature. It takes, it takes longer than that um, to affect it. One of the doctors who cold plunges at my place after he cold plunged, I think once six minutes had a, like a hospital thermometer, 89 degrees was his, uh, was his internal temperature. Yeah. Which is some wild shit, wild okay. shit. Um, and then lastly, third thought my advice for staying in longer is I already told you the thing with the hand. I don't, I keep track of time now and I've tried doing Andrew Huberman talks about walls. There's like walls of adrenaline. I only really like feel one wall in the beginning, which is that initial surge, but again, different you know methods for different people. I count breaths. I like counting mm. breaths more because you, it takes less breaths the longer you stay in the plunge. So I go 30 breaths. And the first minute, I probably expel like 12, 14, fit, like, you know, uh, almost half of the breaths. But then my heart rate slows so dramatically and my breathing slows so much that it's, it's very peaceful to count breaths because I'm aware of how slow I'm breathing. Um, so again, I slowly increase the number of breaths I take. And that to me was a, you know, a nice way to kind of settle in and how I currently still time my, uh, my plunges. Interesting. So I still do, I do a timer, but that's a good point where I'll ask you after I detail what it is that I do to just get through, uh, you know, my walls. I, I do math problems. I think of math problems and I'm just, yes, I'm, yes. All I do is just keep thinking of that. And That's then I incredible. That, that keeps you sharp as fuck. Yep. 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 And then I keep a, my, my Zen where I know that I've reached my, my Zen, if you will, is I'll start talking out loud. Sometimes Brie will be out there with me. Sometimes it's just myself. And then I'll start saying sentences or I'll start singing a song out loud to see if I'm like shivering or like if I'm, if I'm past that point now, nowadays I've, I've done it enough to where I can, I can hop in there. And for the most part, after the first 30 seconds, I can talk normal, but mm -hmm. you know, for the average, what, what recommendations would you have for the, the novice hopping in and just trying to get through that mental barrier? Yeah, no, I think that the math problems is great. Um, I need to re-explore that and I've been meaning to, um, the like because the math problems is what used to get me through it and you know help me get through it i used to just do multiplication tables one times one two times two 16 times 16 18 like all like, as high as i could fucking go and like talk about you know starting your day off with something hard you know you you take a long breath you dunk yourself under fucking freezing cold water and you're like i'm not coming up till i get 21 times 21 like that's 
that's it. Like that's fucking it. Or I die here, I guess. Um, and I, my mental, like not even King, my mental math ability just like went way, you know, way, and it stayed way higher since. And I, I credit just that, um, you know, I can now, I work. Mm-hmm. No, I, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I no, just go, go popped go. in my head. I'm like, I wonder for the college student in terms of actually studying for a fun. I wonder. I wish I had known this. That would be really interesting because I I wonder if, if things stick more. I wonder if you develop more of a, more of an understanding. I feel like it'd be hard to understand something in a challenging environment, but if you practice ahead of time and now you're, you're trying to get it to stick, I think it sticks while you're in a cold, cold plunge or in an environment that's, that's difficult. I don't know. No, neuro, neuro, neurochemistry. That's basic neurochemistry. What does norepinephrine and ephrine incre- epinephrine increase? It's your alertness, right? You are more likely to remember something if you are in that state. Think about it. If you're in a life or death situation, right? Let's say you're like truly about to die and you or should I think of a good example? You're rock climbing, you're about to die and you like you jump a certain way and you're able to hold onto the rock above you, right? You're going to fucking remember how to do that again if ever faced with the same scenario. Good mm, example, yeah. With absolute certainty, right? Because your brain is flooded with these chemicals that are these fight or flight chemicals that are again alertness and shit. Um, yeah, you would absolutely, absolutely, and I'm sh- I'm positive we can find peer reviewed research on that um, that would back that up. I I know I think I've seen similar. I can't again cite the exact one, but yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, man. Um, this has been, this is exactly what I think viewers need to know about, about cold plunges. Um, what, yeah, hopefully we've shed some light on the, you know, we have both felt immense benefit from this, um, get out, find a cold plunge. If you have one, you know, readily available to you, call a couple of gyms, see if they've got them. If you want to, you know, try it before, you know, before dropping a grand on your own, um, I wish there was a more accessible way to just, I mean, you could, you, you honestly could. I mean, a more accessible way would be get like a real big, like Rubbermaid container, fill it with water, go grab a few bags of ice from, from seven 11. If you want to try it, you know, four or five times or a week that way before committing to, to a thousand dollar purchase. I know Bruce and I are both fiscally responsible and attempt to be frugal human beings as well. And, um, you know, if you want to try it, you know, try before you buy, you know, certainly, certainly try your best to find a, a method, but um, I would caution against using only a cold shower to, to evaluate it. I, I, as we said before, I don't think that's quite enough, but do whatever you can get out there, start plunging. Let us know. Uh, let us know what you think. Yep. Uh, I, I totally agree. And look for, you know, how I started before I built my cold plunge is you know, I would take I would take the cold shower in the summer of Texas. Pipes do not get that that cold, so you know I was left with you know still a pretty warm body temperature. I would bring out a fan and I would literally sit in my bathtub and I would have that fan blowing at me nice. <laughs> for at least like two or three minutes. So all that's to say is, look, start. You know, you can start very small. You don't have to go out and you don't have to build something. Just as Nick said right away but what we're going to do in these show notes is we're going to we're going to put a facebook group for anyone who is interested in understanding a bit more about cold plunges and how to build them 
We'll put that in there. Also a link to um, the book that I leveraged to build mine out, um, as well as some other links to some of the research that we uh, were able to discuss on today's podcast. Other than that, be against the herd, my friends. Yes, if they're running one one way, doesn't mean you got to run with them. Fucking right. God, you were waiting for that, weren't you? You son of a bitch. I just popped in. That would pop straight in, my friend. I had no preconceived. Well done. You have been just sticking the landing on this. (laughs) All right, y'all. We're out.